Hello everyone, this is Steve Wiss here and this is Nordic Football, Pod Football Podcast live for the first ever time on YouTube here. We've never done this before, so bear with us if there's a few technical glitches, but we're here to preview uh, Chelsea versus Malmo, uh, which kicks off in about an hour from Stamford Bridge. Um, we're hoping to be joined by Jonathan Fadugba, who is right at the stadium tonight. Uh, he's going to be joining us due course, but for now I'm uh, delighted to welcome Kevin Harper to the show. Uh, a long-standing uh, colleague and friend of myself, um, Kev is the uh, author of uh, KevShatSportsBet.com and a regular contributor on the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. So welcome aboard, Kev. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Cheers for inviting me on. Uh, Honoured to be on for the first live podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, one of the main reasons we've got you on because you uh, are a Premier League uh, analyst tips so whatever you want to call it you know Chelsea FC better than me probably and better than quite a lot of other people and uh, well let's just go through the team sheets for tonight's game and he Mauricio Sarri has made seven changes for Chelsea Cavalier in goal uh, Rudiger Kante Barkley Kovacic Giroud Hudson-Odoi Villian Christensen Azpilicueta and Emerson that is the team. Uh, Malmo uh, X1 is Darling in goal, Safari, uh, Rakes, Bakiru, Trouterson, Rosenberg, Christensen, Benson, Antonsen, Nielsen and Vindheim. If that's in a bit of a weird order, I do apologise. It's from the UEFA website, which lists the names in uh, numerical order rather than positional order, which is all very confusing. But uh, I mean, I think the first question I've got to ask you, Kev, here is what is more important to Chelsea? Um, I mean, winning the Europa League or winning the League Cup at the weekend? Well, I would imagine, Steve, that you've got to say Sunday, really, wouldn't you? I mean, you can't survive at Chelsea without winning trophies. Chelsea have got to come through another four rounds, even if they uh, make it through tonight, which I'm, I'm guessing most people are expecting them to. Uh, not only have they got to get through four rounds, but there's some tasty sides still left in the Europa League, isn't there? They, you know, they're, they're nothing but certainties to win the Europa League, whereas they've got a 90-minute shootout against Manchester City on Sunday, which, OK, based on what we saw a couple of weeks ago, also far from easy. But you take your chances over one game as opposed to eight, wouldn't you? Yeah, and he's made seven changes from the team that lost uh, on Monday night against Man United 2-0. It was a very, very sorry performance, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> No pun intended there. but uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, wasn't it? But I didn't really get anything out of Chelsea that I didn't expect on Monday night, I've got to be honest. Um, I think I said to you before the game, uh, when we were having a private conversation, that I fancied Man United to do a job on them. Um, and that's pretty much exactly what they did, isn't it? You know, I, I think Chelsea are what, what we saw, really, the other night. You know, they're at best of the fifth best team in the Premier League. That might even be pushing it if Arsenal can sort their sort of problems out as well and and you know they're a good cup side that's um that's the best that they're going to hope for albeit they weren't a particularly good cup side the other night were they no they certainly weren't i thought it was really poor and i think in a lot of situations the the manager might already be sacked i think there's quite a lot of people who are surprised that he's not sacked and uh, i'm just looking at the actual premier league sack race right now Mauricio sorry is the one to four favorite to be the next manager removed from his post which is Bad news for Claude Puel backers because Claude Puel was one to six in this market on the 26th of January. And now look how the tables have turned. But one to four favourite, is that printing money, do you think? Uh, could be. Yeah, could well be. I mean, let's be honest. If he's there on Monday morning, there'll be quite a few people surprised, particularly if they take another batter in at Wembley Stadium on, on Sunday afternoon. Um, 
probably not the kind of price that I'd want to be steaming into because, you know, you never know what sort of clubs could panic in the Premier League. But you'd have to say there's probably no one sort of other than Puel, like you said, and even he seems to hang around God knows how long. Um, it's probably no one really sort of teetering on the edge, you know, is there? You know, obviously the Huddersfield manager's been and gone. Don't think Cardiff are likely to get rid of Warnock anytime soon. Ranieri's safe at Fulham. You know, and the other teams that are down there, Palace, Hodgson's not going anytime soon. Benitez certainly isn't leaving. Southampton have already changed their manager. So you've got to think at some point, Sarri will be the next to go. But just how long you have to wait for your dosh remains to be seen. But I, I would wager it wouldn't be too long. I've got to be honest, I think if they didn't have this final coming up, he'd be sacked already. I think they're just they're giving him a chance. He got them to the, the League Cup final and he deserves a chance to manage them in that. But I think if, if the result is not favourable there, um, or if a very I mean, he certainly needs a performance on Sunday. That's the big game. So in terms of the lineup here tonight, some changes. I mean, who are you looking out for in this Chelsea team? Hudson Adoy, there's been an awful lot said about this lad, and he's you know, Bayern Munich want him, uh, for goodness sake. Why has he not been given enough chances at Chelsea? And can he take that opportunity tonight? Well, as um, for the answer of why he hasn't been given enough chances, I've absolutely no idea, really, Steve. He's a player that I really like. Um, to be fair, looking at Bayern Munich the other um, night, I can see why they want him. They look pretty toothless up front when Serge Gnabry's getting in their side, when he couldn't even get in the Arsenal ranks. That kind of says everything about where they're at at the minute. So I can understand why Bayern want him. Same time, I can probably understand why Chelsea want to keep him. But if you're going to keep him, play him. I mean, you know, you looked at the other night. Pedro was pretty much, well, he wasn't at the races, was he? He's injured tonight, isn't he? Or ill, sorry. So uh, that's probably understandable. But even when he took Pedro off, he brought Willian on instead of... Mm. We may well have just had a connection problem there. This is the problem sometimes going live no sort of plan b there's no there's no adjusting if things are going wrong and um that's what, what's got him in this mess i really like hudson adoy from a betting point of view tonight actually steve he's six to one to score the first goal and now that you've confirmed to me that he's starting i think that's a great bet he's also two to one to score anytime he's got a point to prove hasn't he and um i would imagine he'll be out there to do it i don't think you read eden hazard's name out did you in that team list so. i certainly did not know he's not in so I would imagine that Hudson Adoy will see an awful lot of the ball, and you know he's, he's that special guy who can make something work. As I say, with a point to prove, you know, watch out for him tonight. He's 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 likely to be Chelsea's main man, particularly with their their struggles in attack. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of first goal scorer bets, then he was the one that caught my eye as well. And for those interested in the market, um, you actually got Higuain and Hazard are actually still favourites, even though they're not on the pitch to start with. Giroud four to one would probably catch appeal but he he seemed to, I mean he scored in the first leg but he needed about four or five chances to actually do it that's the sort of player he is I think these days I mean Villian Williams always got a, a shout the the shortest uh, man in the market for from a Malmo point of view is Marcus Rosenberg who um who supplied a great assist last week the it got Malmo's goal which has kept them in this tie it must be said they're not completely out of it um I mean they are Goodness me, they're they're a massive price price just to actually win the game, Kev. Um, they're thirteen to one to win outright, but they've got to win by. Well, they can't one nil isn't enough for them. They need to score at least two goals. Uh, obviously, you're not a follower of Malmo. I mean, that is more our speciality point of view. But um, I mean, this would be a huge shot, wouldn't it, if they actually even won on the night by say one goal to nil? 
Yeah, would. Yeah, I think there's levels here, aren't there? I mean, whilst Chelsea might not be in amongst the elite teams in this competition, you know, I'd still favour the likes of Napoli, maybe even Arsenal ahead of them. You know, they're obviously a cut above Malmo. They would be a cut above Malmo if Malmo were right in the middle of their season. But the fact that they're only just starting out their, their league season or their domestic season, sorry, obviously won in the cup at the weekend um, against the lower division side, but they weren't exactly convincing by all accounts on that score. So, and obviously they weren't fantastic in the first leg last week, were they? I'd be surprised if Chelsea don't win this game, but I'd also not be surprised if they, you know, if they are beaten or if they're held to a draw or something, particularly if their minds are on Sunday. But the fact that Malmo have got to score twice tonight only further adds my sort of thinking behind Hudson-Odoi to score first. You know, he's going to get some spacing behind that Malmo defence, isn't it? They can't go and park the bus and hope to score one on the break. That's not going to serve them well. And to be fair, from what, everything I've seen of Uwe Rossler's sides when he managed in England with Brentford and Wigan, he doesn't set his sides up to contain anyway, does he? So, you know, I'm expecting Hudson-Odoi to have a really a really big match. I'm expecting Malmo to have a go. Why shouldn't they? They've got nothing to lose. Um but I'd yeah. still be surprised if Chelsea don't win on the night. And that was something that was mentioned before the first leg from Uwe Rosler, that they, they were uncomfortable about the idea of parking a bus. And to be fair, he actually lived up to that. He didn't park any bus. The start of the second half in the first leg, Malmo were all over Chelsea, first 10 or 15 minutes, and it looked for all, all money that they were going to get the next goal to make it one all. And then, then that's when Chelsea got on the sucker punch, making it 2-0, and then it could have been 3 or 4, to be fair. Malmo kind of collapsed after that. But they showed in that first 15 minutes of the second half, and I suppose in the first half they were quite competitive, they weren't outplayed, they can cause sort of some problems. It looks like a 4-4-2 formation, according to the numerous uh, websites that I've, I've looked at. It looks like Marcus Rosenberg's going to be up front with um, Antonsen. Um, you know, he's going to have outlets up there. I think they're going to have, they're not going to have much possession. From what I saw the first leg, Chelsea will probably dominate possession. They're going to have to try and counter-attack, even though um, Rosenberg isn't the fastest player. He gets in, he's a canny, experienced, um, you know, campaigner in Europe. He can get in some very good positions. He's got a good, intelligent brain. He can lay off some good balls. They're probably going to need some of the wide players to to make some runs in there. And, and, you know, they've got to be clinical when the chances come up from set pieces. They need to, to have a proper go. In terms of match odds, Kev, we've got Chelsea at one to three favourites. Uh, would you be lumping on? No, no I wouldn't, Steve. No. I mean, I wouldn't, to be fair, even if this was the first leg, because, you know, I mean, Sari said for the last month or so, hasn't he, that you he just can't motivate his players. And I don't know what the crowd's going to be like at Stamford Bridge tonight, Steve. I wouldn't think it's going to be anywhere near full. Uh, but, you know, if Malmo start the game OK, and, or, you know, if Malmo sneak the first goal, you know, you can see the crowd really getting on um, Sari in particular, Sari's back. And, you know, just like they did on Monday night. And I'm actually a little bit gutted, Steve. As you know, I'm a massive Luton Town fan and we nearly had them in the cup. Um, unfortunately, we lost to Sheffield Wednesday. I'd have fancied our chances of having to go down there. So I certainly wouldn't be back in Chelsea at one to three against anyone really. Um, you know, Malmo, you've got to respect him. Uh, you mentioned Antonson there. He'll know the score when he, you know, Leeds United, Blackburn followers will uh, will know all about him. He can find the back of the net if, if the ball's presented to him. I still think Chelsea will win the tie, but, uh, you know, you can't go steaming in at one to three. No, I completely agree. I think from a betting point of view here, it'd be foolish to be back in Chelsea. For a start, they don't need to win the game. Um, they can even afford to lose it and still go through 1-0. Um, 
uh, and they've got a massive focus on the weekend. I don't care, you know, the seven changes, yes, and these guys coming at the team need to uh, catch the eye if they can. But I think everyone in the whole squad is aware how massive that the cup final is for Chelsea. And, you know, they will look at this the first leg and think, oh, we should have been three or four nil up. They're not going to pose too much of a challenge here. We know they, they have motivational issues. Sarri's said that himself. Um, you would still expect the quality. They'll have too much quality, I think, overall. Yes, if I had to give a predicted scoreline tonight, I would say something like 2-1, two, two, maybe 2-0 if Malmo are too, uh, quite toothless. But um, And it's the same in the over-under market. If we want to... If you want to back over 2.5 goals, it's actually odds on about the 1.6 range. It's just too dangerous, isn't it, Kev? Yeah, I can't say I'm getting stuck into that either, Steve, to be honest. Um, like you say, 2-0 has got to be a live runner, hasn't it? A genuinely live runner. Or, you know, if Chelsea get an early first goal, you know, they might they might well park the bus themselves. Not park the bus, but, you know, take it easy, reserve their energies for Sunday. They're going to need all the energy they can muster, can't they? I mean, Man City looked pretty tasty last night, even with 10 men. So, um yeah, I really, I w- I'm not enthusiastic about Chelsea here. They'll win, they'll get the job done, but the, you know, I wouldn't be betting on them to do any more than that. We are waiting from our man from Stamford Bridge, Jonathan for Doug, but uh, he just sent me a message. He's stuck on the tube right now. Um, I'm afraid this sort of thing rather happens, doesn't it, down London? I remember from my days working there, but we are waiting on him. Hopefully, he will get there asap and join us, and certainly talk uh, from a Malmo point of view. I know he's very excited about this game. And he's going to be posting, uh, he's going to be on Periscope on the Nordic Football Podcast before kickoff inside the stadium. Uh, I think the Malmo fans, uh, what a great uh, night out for them. This is what it's all about for teams. I'm not saying, I'm not calling them a small team by any means, Kev, but, you know, for the, for the sides, the, you know, the less glamorous sides in Europe, getting to this stage in the, to- in the tournament, um, it's kind of reward, isn't it, for all the hard work they do right from the qualifiers back in August. And it's actually um, testament to the fact that they've taken it seriously to get this far as well. There's nothing that I hate more in this competition than the side that busts their gut to qualify for it and then starts sticking the reserves out. You know, I'm looking at you, Portsmouth, back in the day and, you know, Tottenham when they were in it, you know, under Harry Redknapp. If you're going to be in the competition, take it seriously. Malmo have done that. Full credit to them. And I hope they uh, I hope they enjoy their night out tonight. I hope they get something out of the evening that they can take back into their domestic season. And, you know, maybe also from a neutral point of view, I hope they give Chelsea a few scares. You know, I'm probably going to watch the game tonight. I might well um, sort of, I'll get more enjoyment out of it if Malmo are competitive. So um, I hope they're that at the very least. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting what you say in terms of the teams that take it seriously and not. I mean, Chelsea are actually the favourites to win the Europa League right now. I wouldn't be betting on them by any means, but uh, you've got to look at them and... Uh, they will be taking it seriously if they suddenly can't qualify for the Champions League. But if they do turn around their form and sort of get themselves in that top four comfortably, then it'll be a different kettle of fish, won't it? But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't like teams that don't take it seriously. I seem to remember a Mark Hughes side. I can't remember. Was it Man City back in the day, maybe, who, uh, you know, they didn't take it seriously. Too many. What is it about the attitude of the Europa League in the United Kingdom, Kev, where it's kind of, well, it's pissed up on, really, isn't it? It's laughable. It is. I think we're just not accustomed to Thursday night football, are we? That was the thing. But, you know, really and truly, teams in England should have looked at this, what was it, 10, 12, 15 years ago when Roy Hodgson led Fulham to the final. Um, You know, 
if they're going to get there taking it seriously, there's no excuse for any of the others. I mean, if the others want to look down on it, well, do better in the league and make sure you get in the top four, you know. Now that there's a Champions League space up for grabs for the winner as well, there really is no sort of reason why they can't take it seriously. I mean, I'm looking at Arsenal. They're actually, their game's going on right now. And Unai Emery takes it seriously, doesn't he? He's already won it three times with Sevilla. Didn't make many changes to his side tonight, albeit they were behind going into the tie. But, you know, you'd like to see Arsenal rewarded for, for the bravery of, of playing a strong side. OK, I know they haven't got a game in this uh, the weekend, or sorry, didn't have a game last weekend to um, to worry them. But even so, even in the sort of group stages, he wasn't making wholesale changes, was he? So those sort of sides that take it seriously are, are the ones that I kind of hope get rewarded. And, you know, the Spanish sides generally do, don't they? And they, it just so happens that they've been one of the best teams in Europe internationally for the last 10 years as well. There's got to be something in that. Yeah, I think, uh, well, before we, we, we do sign off, I just want to talk about Maurizio Sarri again uh, some more because obviously there's so much uh, mentioned about him right now with, with the Sarri ball. I mean, A, what do you think has actually gone wrong for him at Chelsea? And B, what has he got to do to turn it around so quickly? What can he do to save his job now um, and right the wrongs? Admit that he's wrong, first and foremost. Um, it, the Kante situation's a joke. You know, you've got the best player in his position in the world in a holding midfield role or, you know, that deep line playmaker role. Uh, why he brought George, Jorginho in, I've absolutely no idea. All the bloke does is pass it backwards. Um, you know, any any old four can do that. But that, in a, in a way, kind of sums up Sarri. And, and, you know, in January, he's gone and signed Gonzalo Higuain. I'm not necessarily saying that Higuain's a bad player or he's passed it or anything like that. But managers who go back to their old club to get their old players, they don't do nothing to inspire me. I like play. I like managers who find progressive players, who bring in players that their current club needs. And Chelsea didn't need Jorginho when they signed him. They had Kante. All they've done is move Kante into a position where, OK, he's still effective in his own performance. But there's no way on earth that the team are anywhere near as good as they would be with Kante blocking, blocking the route through to that defence. And um, and breaking up play like like only Kante does, you know, they've got many an attacking midfielder that they can use, you know, Loftus Cheek, Barkley, uh, those sorts of players. They they really don't need Jorginho, but he's not going to get dropped by Sari anytime soon, is he? And ultimately, that will be the undoing of uh, of Sari. He won't be there long. I think I've read somewhere today news in the in England that Roma are asking about whether they uh, they can have him for next season. Uh, well, I'd wager you can have him on Monday morning, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, I think the problem is with Chelsea, when when they're not playing well, i.e. the Bournemouth game, City away. All right, City were great that day, um, Monday night. I think um, a lot of teams would fancy playing them. I'm sure your Luton Town would enjoy facing them right now. Kev, you'd fancy getting a result against them, wouldn't you? Oh, Christ. I was gutted that we didn't get down there. I, I really would have fancied a crack at them. I mean, you mentioned that Man City game there, Steve, and they, they're in a nutshell highlights the problem that he's got. I mean, people have worked out Jorginho. You know, you, you sit a man on Jorginho, you take away the supply to him. Defensively, he is terrible. Manchester United exploited that the other night. Both of their goals came from taking the ball off of him. He, he for me, is the big problem. You know, is he the worst player in that Chelsea side? No, he probably isn't. But, you know, he's taken the spot of Kante, who, you know, he's head and shoulders above anything that they've got. He's the one they should be building the team around. Until Sarri does that, you know, he's not he's not going to get anywhere. And obviously he's lost to Chelsea fans. 
I don't particularly think he had them to begin with. When he came in and he said it's going to take three or four months to get my style across, you know, three or four months passed and he can't motivate the players. You know, he, he doesn't paint a pretty picture in the media. And um, ultimately, that'll be his undoing. I, I'm amazed Abramovich hasn't sacked him already. Mm. You have to win. You have to win trophies to to survive. In fact, even if you win trophies, as Antonio Conte can um, legislate for, you're not safe. But to not win trophies, um, you know, you, the writing's got to be on the wall. He, and to be honest, even if he does mastermind a success on Sunday, I still think he'll go. But what's he ever won? I was amazed they took him in the first place. I don't see him being around much longer. Do you know what? I think uh, I read something when Gordon Strachan was asked, I think he was on Sky Sports Debate Show, what is Sarri ball? He said, to me, it just looks like a 4-3-3 where you overpass the ball. And you know what? He's probably not far wrong there, is he, Gordon? Um, I think he has been found out too much. But uh, and I just want to talk a little bit from a Malmo point of view before we sign off. I've heard from Jonathan for Dubbo. He, uh, he's uh, delayed. He's not going to be able to join us, but he is going to be doing a periscope from the ground uh, on the NFP account. So look out for that when he gets there. But I just want to talk about Malmo because I know we've got a lot of listeners from Sweden right now. From my own perspective, I would say that the players to look out for are definitely uh, Batshuru in the middle of the park for them. He has got to get into this game. You know, he's facing the likes of Kante, uh, you know, Kovacic, people like that. He's got to get into the game. The big man up front, Marcus Rosenberg, he's got to use his intelligence really wisely because he's not going to get many opportunities, but he is capable of setting up the chances if he give if he's given the opportunity and from the actual substitutes, Ben, I'm surprised we've mentioned this uh, name before. Roman Gal is a, a fast, tricky player. If they are still in the tie, I mean, who knows? You know, it might get close. Then in the last 20 minutes, if they do unleash him, he could potentially do something. But uh, I mean, uh, we've got to end with a prediction um, for the match. I'm going to go two-one to Chelsea myself, um, but I don't say that with any conviction. Uh, what are you going to say, Kev? Uh, 2-0 Chelsea, Steve. Uh, Hudson and Doyle to get one of the two goals. Well, thanks very much for joining us, uh, Kev. Um, if you want to hear more uh, from Kevin Harper, then uh, tell us about the podcast you're on at Luton Town. Yeah, I'm the media officer at the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. We run um, monthly podcasts uh, within three or four of us that talk about Luton Town. And then every so often we're invited down to the training ground. We get to interview Luton Town players. Really good insight, obviously, with Luton Town doing really well at the moment. Players are absolutely free with their time. They give some um, great reaction and things, and generally, good listen. Yeah, and your web website as well, kevsportsbets.com, uh, um, uh, where you cover a range of sports, including the Premier League. So thanks very much for joining us on this live show. I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Uh, you can, of course, re-listen to it uh, whenever you want to. But we're going off air now. Watch out for that periscope from inside Stamford Bridge tonight, where Jonathan for Dublin will be doing some pre-match analysis, uh, especially from a Malmo point of view. So, uh, well, well, goodbye, everyone, and take care. Thank you very much. <laughs>